Hi, and welcome back to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. This is your host, Ray Dove of Remax Eastside Brokers here in Bellevue, Washington. So I promised last week that I'd talk a little bit this week about short sales, bank-owned properties, and foreclosures, and give you a little bit more behind the scenes type information. And I bring this conversation up because I've had a couple of customers reach out to me and said, hey, we should start watching the market to see what foreclosure or short sale opportunities come on the market. So I could share with you that down in King County, South King County, Frederick Way, Des Moines, there are a couple short sales down there. And I'm sure that there's a foreclosure sale somewhere around. Uh, the people do get into financial situations where they can't make the house payment either through a death or through huge hospital bills and things like that. So it can happen, but it it's typically not the norm, but we do see them come up. I uh, I know I've talked about this in several other podcasts a little bit, but I'm going to get a little bit more in depth today just so you can get a little better understanding of what these are. So on a foreclosure, basically, is someone will not make their house payment. After four months of no house payments, of course, during those four months, they'll be getting letters and calls from the lender trying to reach out to the borrower to see what they can do to help the borrower with their house payments. And that might become more of a regular thing with the unemployment going up like it is. And then after four months, the lender typically sends out a notice of intent to foreclose. And then they continue the negotiation process trying to get the borrower to pay the house payments and the late fees and any attorney's fees. Now, almost all loans written in the state of Washington are secured by a note and deed of trust. And in that deed of trust is a provision that you get so much time to redeem that mortgage, make up those house payments. And it's typically up to 270 days of you not making house payments. You can actually go and pay all the house payments in the arrears, any interest that's owed, attorney's fees and late fees, and then your loan is back to good status. Now, of course, your credit's going to show that you weren't making payments, and there'll be a ding on your credit, but you won't have people bothering you trying to get you to make those house payments. So I know a lot of people like to track foreclosure sales in hopes that they will find a home that's going through foreclosure and be able to buy it. But the reality is that typically what happens through that nine-month process before it were to go to the sheriff's sale, which is on the 271st day of them not making their house payments, the homeowner can sell the house. They can sell it through a real estate agent, they can sell it by owner, they can sell it to a family member. So the property gets sold. A court might order it not to be sold. They can make up all the past payments and then it gets taken off the the bank had the foreclosure sale process. So there's a lot of things that could happen between the time that you start watching this property and if it ever goes to to the auction, right? But let's say you're successful and you're able to follow it to auction and it shows up. You're going to have to do your due diligence on what you think the home is worth versus what it's not worth. You're not going to be able to do any building inspections. There isn't a homeowner out there that's going to be willing to let you walk through their property while they're going through this hardship. So you're basically buying the home kind of sight unseen. You can certainly drive by it. You can pull up the tax records and see what's there. And you could do with the help of Zillow and other home value sites, give you a basic idea of what the home might be worth. So when you go to the auction, of course, there's going to be several people there bidding on the house. And some of those people bidding on the house are lenders. 
the first lien holder, the second lien holder, the third lien holder, maybe even the county tax assessor trying to protect their interest of property taxes. They don't have to wear name tags to say who they are, but they're going to be bidding on the house and they're going to try to get that price up as high as they can to mitigate whatever their losses are going to be. So know that that's going to be your competition. And then if you're successful in buying the home, you need to be there with a cashier's check or cash. You look awful suspicious if you had cash, but you need a cashier's check. You can't make it subject to financing. You can't make the purchase subject to making sure the well water is good or the septic system has been pumped or, or subject to a building inspection or whatever subject tools you want to put into it. No, you're buying the home basically as is, where is, and you're going to get whatever you buy. And hopefully there's enough room in it from what you paid for it to what you'll be able to sell it for in hopes that it's not too damaged from the previous owners. Because typically through this whole process, they're angry and they're mad at the banks. And so when they leave the property, they're not too kind to the property. Now, a bank-owned home, that's a different story. Yes, it goes through the same foreclosure process, but instead of you, a normal person, buying the home at the sheriff's sale, a bank obtains it because no one paid the, the minimum amount or they bought it. They, they bid it up to a price where they ended up just getting the house back. So now they've got the asset, and they're going to spruce it up a tiny bit just to get it market ready and then they're going to put it on the market for sale and they're pretty aggressive on pricing they price it to what they believe the market really is and then they'll get put on the market through a real estate company so you can go out there and make offers on these homes subject to building inspection subject to well inspection subject to an interior inspection you can even ask the bank to make some repairs and maybe they will Maybe they won't. The only thing that would, if you're an investor, that might slow down that process is I know that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, which are institutions that buy home loan mortgages and they're governed by the government, by the U.S. government, they will not allow an investor to buy a home that's bank-owned until it's, it's been on the market at least 16 days. Now, maybe that rule will change. I don't know, but that's where it was in the past. But you're far better off, in my opinion, let the bank get the home back and then go make an offer on it. Might even get to fix some repairs. If they're really major structural, that's better for you than it is to try to chase foreclosures forever and, and, and hoping that you're going to get the deal of a lifetime. I'm following several homes and different websites and 90% of them have been taken off the, the auction block because they've closed that process down and that's going to be delayed 30, 60, 90, 120 days. Give people time to do what they need to do to, to sell the asset on their own. Now let's talk about short sales. I know we went through this several years ago and even after the short sale problem, a lot of people really didn't clearly understand what the short sale was. So a home goes on the market and it's subject to short sale. So that means the seller wants to sell a home for less than what he owes on it. And he can owe a first mortgage, a second mortgage, a third mortgage. He could have an IRS lien. He can have a property tax lien. He can have a personal loan lien. But he wants to sell the asset for less than what's owed. So if he owes $400,000, puts it on the market for $350,000, and tries to sell it subject to short sell approval, then people looking at homes are going to say, oh, I'll buy that home. But that doesn't mean it's going to sell for three hundred and fifty dollars because it's subject to short sale approval, which means the first lien holder, the second lien holder, the third lien holder, whoever the lien holders are, they have to approve of that purchase price. 
and all those lien holders are going to send appraisers out to appraise the home to make sure that that's what it's worth because if it's worth more they're not going to approve of that short sale and the other thing that's part of that process they may go to the current homeowner and say well look we're not going to approve this short sale you make enough money to make these house payments you need to make them. We're not going to make up the deficiency on this. You have the ability to do so. Or take this case as an example. I knew of a gentleman several years ago that he and his girlfriend brought, bought the place together. They broke up after a year and a half. She moved to the East Coast, met another guy, got married, and they're doing very well financially. So this gentleman applied for a short sale approval and he was denied. And the reason why is because they said, hey, look, you make enough money to make the house payment. Now, granted, you and her bought the home together and her name's still on title. So they petitioned for her financial records and her and her new husband make a lot of money. So between the two of them, they could still make this house payment. A short sale isn't automatic because there's all this negotiation and background check on the current homeowner. The home being appraised by several different appraisers several real estate agents looking at giving the banks what their opinion of value is. That process in the past has taken three, six, nine, 12 months or longer to get them to finally agree to, okay, we'll sell a home for this price. So if you're a buyer and you say, hey, we'll wait, we'll wait it out. The bank may come back and say, look, we'll sell the home for 400,000. And then you as a buyer, you have an option to say, okay, I'll still buy the home or no, I'm out. I wanted to get it for 350,000. That kind of gives you a quick snapshot. I mean, it's not all the uh, digging really into it. Each situation is so different from another situation. I don't know if we're going to see an onslaught of short sales. I don't know if we're going to see a whole bunch of foreclosures. I do know that as more and more people are unable to work at some point out of survival mode, they're going to quit making the house payments so they can feed their family. And that's just a bad spot for anyone to be in. Now, in all different markets, when we have a rising market or a market like this, there's always people that either need to sell their property or want to sell their property. And there's people in the market that want to buy. There's investors that want to take advantage of the market opportunity. There's plenty of money here in the Seattle area as there are in all different economies throughout the U.S. where there's people in a position that can actually buy property and not worry about it. And with the interest rates as low as they are, those people with strong credits, strong jobs, and money in the bank, they're going to be in a great spot in which to pick up any homes that go into foreclosure or go through the foreclosure process and or be able to buy homes that are going through the shark sale process. And they might be willing to wait for that short sale to be approved. Now, we used to have a document that said, hey, look, we're in it as a buyer, but we're going to check this box. It says we have the right as a buyer to continue looking for another home. And if we can find another home before this short sale is approved, then we're well, by notice, we're out of that short sale process and we've bought something else. And some people agree to accept that and some won't. Each transaction is different. If you're looking for short sales today here in the east side, the main Seattle quarter, they're going to be far and few between today, April 16th. 2020. Like I said, there's a few down in SeaTac, Federal Way, Kent, Auburn. But if you're trying to get up here to Bellevue, Redmond, Kirkland, Issaquah, Seattle, I'm sure we can find a few homes here and there that are foreclosed upon or go through a foreclosure process. I know because I'm watching those markets, but there isn't a whole lot. So you'll be competing with a lot of other buyers as well. But if that's your game strategy, kind of see what the market does, 
then let's talk. Let's see how we can put you in a good position to buy one of these opportunities as they come on the market. Might as well set up a game plan. If you're a property owner and you're facing this dilemma, what's going on today, we should also talk. I'm going to try to convince you to sell your property for what it's less than what it's worth, but maybe through conversation and a game plan for you, we can figure out what's the best course of action to protect whatever equity you have in the home so that you either preserve it through negotiations with your lender or to try to sell it so you can at least preserve your equity and your creditworthiness and you can go do something else. You can rent a home here or you can move out of the area and go to another area that has a job ready for you and, and buy a home. You go to Texas, you go to Idaho, those homes are far less than they are here. And there's different economies going in those areas that might fit what kind of job you're looking for there. There's so many possibilities, whether you're buying or selling. I'd be happy to be part of that conversation and try to help you get good information to empower you to do whatever you need for you and your family. Don't hesitate during these troubling times, this most interesting time of what's going on with our economy, with the virus, what stats are real, what stats aren't real. I want to be someone that you can trust to know that I'm going to give you the real information, the real thought process, and the real snapshot of the marketplace so that you can make good decisions. You can reach me at RayDoveRemax, all one word, R-A-Y-D-O-V-E-R-E-M-A-X at gmail.com. You can call me or text me at 425 681 8630. Please be safe, stay healthy, practice social distancing. If you can get your hands on uh, some masks or make some homemade masks, I certainly recommend that when you're in public places because there's still people that do not honor social distance at the store. I was just at the Safeway the other day, got the aisles all marked, how to go up and down, and yet people still were ignoring them. It's still ignoring. I'm standing there, I'm wearing a mask, and they're not, and they want to come right up to me while I'm trying to buy something. We still have to break that old habit, and I know it's an old habit of trying to have social distance, but we need to, to conquer this and hopefully financially survive this ordeal. Once again, Ray Dove, Remax Eastside Brokers, Inc. Thanks for listening in. Have a great week, and we'll talk with you soon.